Good to continue to be together in the house of the Lord. Let us go to the Lord again in prayer. Gracious and almighty God, we thank you for the opportunities we have to share and worship, uh, for the inspiration of music, for the conviction of your word, for the hope in which you offer us today. Lord, we thank you for the community that's beyond these walls, for those who are watching online, those who watch later, Lord, those who perhaps come through the doors, recognizing and needing and the offering of gift that is shared with them. Lord, we ask that we continue to offer that love to all that we meet. I pray that you set me aside, that it's your voice that's heard. Uh, open our hearts, open our minds uh, to hear and experience you. In your name we pray. Amen. So have you picked up on what our theme is for these last few weeks? Remain in me. And our key verse being John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Stewardship, this is what it's been about these past weeks. Stewardship is about much more than what we give, but about who we are and whose we are. There's a telling story about a man who came to church. He doesn't come with his family often, and so he came this Sunday with his family, and they were driving home afterwards, and he began complaining about everything that he experienced. The music was too loud. The sermon was too long. The announcements were unclear. The building was too hot. The people were unfriendly. He went on and on and complained virtually about everything. Finally, his observant son said, Dad, you've got to admit that it wasn't a bad show for just a dollar. <laughs> it's not any of you, right? <laughs> On the other hand, hear this quote from Corey Ten Boom. I've held many things in my hands, she says, and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, I still possess. Stewardship is about who we are. In other words, Christian stewardship is relational, based in our relationship with God and demonstrated through our actions to others. Stewardship affirms God's ownership in all we have been given. And as Alden said earlier, we are first receivers before we can become givers. Stewardship is a way we continue the sharing of God's love and how we link our passions to the missions and ministries that God calls us and equips us to do. Stewardship is the name we give the practiced expression of our faith and what we do with all that we have after we say yes to Jesus. Stewardship is recognizing the gifts we have and using them for the glory of God and the building up of God's kingdom. Another quote from Corey Timboom: The measure of life, after all, is not our duration, but our donation. Emmanuel has many, many people who donate their time faithfully. One such person that we see often is Travis Ham. How in the world he can play any instrument he picks up, and the music that he writes that we often enjoy on Sunday morning, 
and his willingness at both services to share and all the preparation that goes into that. Travis has another gift, numbers, financial concepts, crunching, accounting, I guess you could call it. Thank goodness. I love music and I move by it and, and appreciate those gifts, but really also appreciate the gifts of those who can help us understand how all that works together in numbers. When the, stewardship, when the stewardship team gathered back in July to prepare for this month, Travis brought a verse to us. Let no debt remain. This is Romans 13.8, NIV version. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. It was at this point that we were just coming in off our strengthening community campaign and your successful contributions to that. And we had talked about the necessity of our HVAC renovation and, and seeking to decrease the debt on this new building. And you have faithfully pledged for that. Travis began to explain this concept of debt and equity. Anybody know what debt is? <laughs> Don't have to explain that. How about equity? Can you define equity? It's the value that would be returned to shareholders after all creditors are paid if one's assets are liquidated. In other words, the equity or positive equity is what's left over after all the debts have been paid. And who are the shareholders of the church? The answer is not just ourselves. The answer to that question is God and all those people whom he calls us to reach out to knowing that his heart is bent to those in need. Remember those definitions of stewardship that I shared with you earlier. We discussed at the meeting led by Travis with this, is what would happen if we employed our assets for those in need? And what value, not monetary, and what value would they receive if we utilized our assets for the sake of loving them as Jesus would. This verse in Romans talks about having only one debt, and that is to love one another. Using and utilizing our resources to love one another is not only a debt, but a creation of equity. And let us not confuse equity with equality. Emmanuel should no longer have any other debts outstanding than the mission. And today we hope we take one step closer to doing that. And by remaining in me and bearing fruit, we can do just that. So let me share the verse with you again. Romans 13, 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. In Romans 13, Paul begins to adopt a different idea for the Christian community. It's here that he begins to share and call believers to live according to the obligation that cannot be settled. That is a debt to love. In the first chapter, in the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul's been kind of outlining and unfolding this gospel of grace. He calls the listeners to living as, as a living sacrifice. And the rest of chapter 12 and 13 begins to 
play out for us a practical explanation of what that living of sacrificially means. Paul's audience, the, the hearer, can begin to understand what it means to be transformed by the renewing of their minds and the discerning of God's will. It means thinking and acting in ways of not pleasing oneself, but making one's love for others genuine. In other words, it's this sacrifice that's not accomplished independently, but only within community. That's why the group such as AA and many others is so important to provide a place for the community to gather. Paul addresses this Christian community's relationship to governing authorities, recalling his appeal, if it is possible so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. But it's in this verse, this verse 13, 8, that a transition is taking place from discussing of what is owed to human authorities including respect and honor to what is now owed to others, to everyone. He summarizes this theme of love and teaches us that it's this debt of love that includes all our actions. In other words, we see a shift from Paul talking about an obligation to the governing authorities to addressing obligations we have to our neighbor because we live in community. His audience is to have no outstanding debts except to love one another. The reason for this debt, for the one who loves another, has fulfilled the law. Now, what law is Paul talking about here in verse 13, 8? Well, if you look at verse 9, excuse me, verse 9 the verse right after 8, we know it's the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments, because he begins to spell some of them out. He names four of them. And... <clears throat> Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. That's why I think this concept that I share with you in a stewardship letter of grafting is so vital and so important and the only way in which we can survive the obligations we have. Today, the majority of the vineyards are grafted with vines and roots, roots that will withstand the disease, withstand the insects, withstand those circumstances in life which cause the vine to die. As followers of Christ, we are grafted into the true vine. It is then and only then that we can produce the fruit of our vision and carry out this mission of living by resisting selfish temptations and the diseases of this world that seek to destroy us. I've shared with you about my family's struggle with cancer. I know many of you have, and some of you are currently fighting this battle, and you've been with those who are also fighting the battle or have fought it. Cancer is ugly. It attacks the bones, the brain, the vital organs of the body, and many other places. Treatments are rough. The side effects unpleasant. You hope it works, and you pray that it lasts. But there's no treatment for one's attitude. At least in regards to medicine, there's not. And one's attitude of loving and recognizing that life is a gift is half the battle, maybe even more, to dealing with and overcoming the challenges that a patient and their family faces in fighting cancer. And having a supportive community is absolutely vital. 
our attitude towards stewardship and recognizing that what we have is not ours in the first place. In other words, by having an attitude of gratitude helps us to continue sharing and receiving God's love in the community and communities in which we live. That in the end, what really matters, as Corey Den Boone says, is how long we live, is not how long we live, but how we live. So how will you live in regards to our stewardship? And will others experience the community of God, the love of God, through our actions and through our attitude? the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us. Help us to have a stewardship attitude that reflects your love and who we are and how we live, that others might experience the love of you through it. Thank you, Lord, for the generosity of many, and thank you for the opportunity we have to continue sharing that with others. We receive and recognize your blessings. And we seek to offer them back to you that others might experience you too. In your name we pray. Amen.